Bald Man Campus is presented by QuickBooks. New business? No problem. Success starts with the Do-It QuickBooks. Learn more at QuickBooks.com. That's QuickBooks.com. Bald Men on Campus. With Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. Welcome to Bald Men on Campus. I am Seth Greenberg, along with my bald brotherhood, Jay Billis and LaFonso Ellis. And you know what it is? If you haven't found out, two things have happened, Jay, today. Hmm. All right, number one, Tom Brady's going to play football. Really? For who? I don't know. Maybe the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. What was your reaction when you first heard Tom Brady was coming back in the middle of our show? Did you think he had some eligibility? Maybe a point guard? Well, clearly he's not worried about his bracket. He should have been listening and on filling out his bracket, and he needs to get his priorities in order. Like, who cares about his crazy announcement about playing another year of football? There's the NCAA tournament to be played, and, and I think he needs to get his priorities straight. Where are his priorities? Obviously, his priorities are to uh, – He's had enough vacation time. (laughs) But let's get to the important stuff. All right, the West Bracket. Rub those bald heads like crystal balls and take a look into the future. First impression of the West Bracket, Fonzarelli. My first impression is that I feel, especially in that upper quadrant, that the Zags have a pretty easy path there to the Elite Eight. Uh, I see Memphis there. Uh, UConn's there, Arkansas, uh, but in that upper quadrant, uh, I don't see them getting a whole lot of resistance to get to the Elite Eight. Except maybe from UConn. I, I felt the same way that I like Gonzaga's path, but usually when you think about a number one seed, you like their path relative to others. And the bottom half of the bracket, there's a little more muscle than the top. And that's good news for Gonzaga because all those teams are going to play each other. Only one team's going to come out of there for Gonzaga to play in the Elite Eight. But I, I think UConn probably presents the biggest threat to Gonzaga because of their size with the Damasinogo. And they've got really, you know, all conference caliber players at point, wing, uh, and, and their big guy. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, the upset that I see there is Vermont that, you know, plays five out motion, settle on ball screens and wide pins and you know, they can really shoot it. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a problem for Arkansas. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Let's uh, here. Here's my take on the thing. I think that that one. I I, I agree with you guys on UConn. I, I really like UConn. Number mm-hmm. one, they defend every possession. They are physical and tough. Uh, they have the length and the athleticism. I mean, Isaiah Whaley can defend anyone on the floor and is a, a relentless rebounder. R.J. Cole's been really good all season long. Done a nice job of running their team. They've got enough depth where like a guy like Tyler Polly can come off the bench and knock down jumpers. So I think you know UConn will be an interesting matchup. I'm not sold. I, I've been high on Arkansas all season long, and especially since they've made this run. I think they really defend. They've got versatility in their defense. Uh, J.T. Note is a, is a guy that you know can score buckets, and when he's in those ball screens or any type of plays with Jalen Williams, so. I think that'll be an interesting game to watch. Let's just go, you know, we always talk about, let's just go real quickly. Fonz, Mm -hmm. uh, when we look at, like, say, the play-in game, all right, who do you like in a play-in game? Uh, And then if they do advance, because I I, I think that that six, that, that, uh, what, 5-12 matchup, Mm -hmm. uh, I 
I think that's going to be an interesting one with with whomever wins that playing game. Yeah, you mentioned a playing game. Now I may get my jersey taken down from the rafters when I say this at Notre Dame, but I have Rutgers beating <laughs> Notre Dame uh, because of uh, their physicality. Geo Baker can get hot at any time. Ron Harper Jr. can flat out stick it. Uh, they got tremendous size on the interior with the Mori. So I see Rutgers winning that playing game, but then they would take on Texas Tech. And Texas Tech, with their ability to be able to keep you on one, one side of the floor and not allow any dribble penetration in the middle. Uh, that, that'd be a good game, but I have Texas Tech winning that one. Yeah, I, I like Rutgers beating Notre Dame. I think Rutgers is one of those teams like Virginia Tech where the problems they had early on in the season, they were better than their record, and I think they proved that the second half of the year. Uh, so, I, And Rutgers is playing really well right now, mm-hmm. and they've got guys like Ron Harper Jr. that can, can make shots, and Geo Baker can make shots. So I, I like Rutgers to beat uh, Notre Dame, and then I like them to beat Alabama to get to play Texas Tech. Um, you know, Alabama has been sort of a Jekyll and Hyde team, and it just depends which Alabama is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that that beat Gonzaga, mm-hmm. or, or is it going to be the one that lost you know a dozen games or thirteen games? So I, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Rutgers there. Yeah, I think that you know that that's an interesting thing you talk about. I I think some of the playing games per se, just in general, you have teams that can that can advance and make a little bit of a run. But I'm going to agree with both of you guys. I I really like Texas Tech. I really like Rutgers. Uh, sorry, Mike Bray. Uh, the other game to me, we I, I'm I'm big into the conspiracy theories. Uh, Michigan State Davidson. Davidson, uh, as you know, is really good. Yeah, really like good. Bob McKillop's one of the best coaches in the country, and he's got a, a team that's very versatile. Uh, they run that, you know, cutting motion stuff that's really difficult to defend, especially you know when you got short prep. Not that that Michigan State's going to have short prep. It, it, that's an upset pick, but I would be careful with that one because I think Michigan State does so well in the tournament, uh, and they're, they're playing a little bit better. I mean, I know they got beat by Purdue in the the Big Ten tournament, but I thought they played pretty well. Mm-hmm. And if their point guards continue to play well and they take care of the ball, that that's the key. Test two games; the they've been great. Mm-hmm. If they take care of the ball against Davidson, I think they'll be okay because they're they're stronger. Uh, and and with Gabe Brown and Max Christie, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they shoot it well enough that that they should be able to to move on and and play against Duke in the second round. Jay, we talked about this a little earlier. I think for all of those teams, like a Davidson who run really pretty offense, it's going to come down to how the officials yes. referee it. Because if you're able to bump cutters and uh, hold guys on screens and blow up screens and all of that stuff, that could limit uh, their ability to be able to knock down shots at the efficiency that they have all year If long. it's a Big Ten game, Michigan State wins by a landslide. <laughs> yes. If it's an Atlantic Ten game, then, then Davidson's got a real yes. shot. All, the, all these brackets come down to 14 brackets, basically. You're playing basically a weekend bracket. You really, you know, I think a lot of coaches try to get their guys. You can't look too far in ahead of yourself. I mean, you've got four teams on your in your bracket. You've got to win two games, and the most important thing is you've got to focus on the game at hand. And you know, having said that, you know, you've got Duke, who's the number two seed. They're playing Cal State Fullerton, who beat the beach to to earn the automatic bid. But Jay, you mentioned something to me today. Like you have been a little bit concerned about how Duke is playing. Uh, the last two, three weeks. Yeah, I think Duke's concerned about it too. Uh, first of all, like sort of the the thought that we had earlier in the year that this Duke team is a an old school Duke defensive team. They're not. And it's not that they're bad defensively, but they don't force turnovers. And so I don't think they're as hard to play against on the defensive end. Their ball screen coverage hasn't been particularly good. 
they, they've been taken advantage of on switches. They've been late to certain things. So they've got a lot to clean up there and they don't have a lot of time to clean it up. Um, you know, I look, Duke's really good and they're, mm-hmm. they're unbelievably talented. Do I think they're better than Michigan state? I do. Uh, and do I think they'll advance to the sweet 16? They're likely to, but they're more vulnerable to getting beat with the way they've played in the last probably two weeks. Uh, because I didn't think they played, even though they went to the championship game in the ACC tournament, I didn't think they played well in, in the games that they played. Uh, you know, Syracuse, all that. that I mean, and I, they certainly didn't play well against uh, Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech deserves a ton of credit for that. Mm-hmm. But Duke doesn't seem as powerful to me as they seemed about a month ago. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, to me, you talked about they're not turning people, they're not creating offense out of the defense. I also, I don't have a feel for like their identity offensively even. I mean, like they, if they can score in transition, they're great. They get a stop, they get a rebound, boom, they're out in transition. Like Paul Boncaro had a stretch early in that game. We thought he was, he was dominating and then he would like disappear. And you got to give Virginia Tech a lot of credit for that. But to me, I mean, like what exactly do they want to do? Because I think they've got to say, all right, this is who we are and this is exactly how we're going to win. And this is what we're going to be able to do to... Mm -hmm. To advance in the tournament. And I do have them ahead of Michigan State. Let's just real quickly to get through this this bracket. Boise State, Memphis. Who you got, Fonz? I have Memphis. Uh, as you know, I had Memphis coming in there. I know it's about matchups, but uh, I had them advance into the Sweet 16 before we even got to the bracket. And part of that is their length and athleticism, the way they can turn you over and disrupt you on the offensive end. Um, I, I thought that would be problematic for teams. I know they have a little bit more time to prepare as they go into the first game, but man, their, their length is is unreal. And Jalen Duran is really, really playing well for them. Uh, I, I just love how they can disrupt you on the defensive end of the floor and create offense for themselves off of that defense. Memphis is really talented, and they've played really well, especially in the last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Boise State to win the game. You know, Leon Rice has a good team, and Abu Kijab's really good, and Emmanuel Acott, who transferred in tough. Uh, from Arizona. Um, Tyler Dagenhart, their, their freshman of the year in the Mountain West Conference. They've got a lot of award winners. You know, they're an older team. Leon Rice has them playing with a free mind. And, of course, that sets up a Boise State-Gonzaga uh, matchup in the second <laughs> conspiracy. round. Conspiracy. Yeah, which would be Forest awesome. Lawyer and, and, and the Boise game, the conspiracies. I would love to see the angry handshake before the game between Leon Rice <laughs> and Mark Few. They're such great friends and two of the funniest guys you've ever been around. So, I, I, I you know, look, that's a toss-up game. The 8-9 games always are. But, uh, but I like Boise State there. Yeah, I actually like Boise State as well. And some people think that New Mexico State, the way they play, the number of people they're going to run out of UConn, I think UConn wins the game. I, I like UConn's depth. I like their athleticism. I like the way to play defense. You guys agree with that? I do. Yeah. Ted Allen can flat out score the basketball, but I think UConn has so many defensive guys that they can run at him to slow him down. Gonzaga, Boise State, have an opinion on that? I like Gonzaga to win. I mean, I've got Gonzaga going all the way to the title game, so anybody you put in front of them. The Texas Tech is going to be their hardest matchup, right. I think. Uh, UConn at the top, obviously, but if they get get by that, uh, they would probably have to play Texas Tech or Duke. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like I like Gonzaga advancing just because of their ability to score and they've got tournament tested guys. Like you know, a lot of the guys at the bottom, you know, Texas Tech has tournament tested guys. Duke doesn't have anybody that's played in, in the tournament really. Right. Uh, and and so you know they don't have you know they don't have that tournament experience that a team like like Texas Tech or even Michigan State has. Uh, so I think they, even though they're really talented, it would not surprise me as a two seed that they don't don't reach the uh, the other day. 
Fonz, Yukon, Arkansas. Well, you don't have Yukon, Arkansas, right? Well, Jay, you you actually I have Arkansas have, out in the first round. I think, you have I think Vermont's out in the first play. round, and I have Yukon knocking them off in in the uh, second round. So, so who did you have in the first round for 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 the uh, Vermont Arkansas game? Yeah, I had Arkansas beating Arkansas. Uh, Vermont closely in a close one. You know, we, Tom we Brennan talk- is not going to speak to you again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look. I'm agreeing with you guys all the way there. I, the one thing, Texas Tech. I, I Texas Tech Duke game. I think would be fascinating. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. Get to that if that materializes the toughness and the physicality, keeping the ball on one side, being aggressive, the number of bodies that Texas Tech could throw at Duke. I think that would be an absolutely uh, fascinating, fascinating game. Hey, Seth, I was standing. Remember when I was standing next to you in the first four minutes of the Duke game, watching from the perch when we were at Barclays? That was like the first time, Jay, that I saw Duke. Not that they don't run offense, but that they got weak side moves. Oh, my gosh, it was beautiful. And my concern with Duke is we don't see that in the last four minutes of games frequently enough for me to have confidence in them for, for, for them to advance against a team like a Texas tech. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what they're going to need to do to beat Texas tech with the way they keep you on the side. They look young to me, Jake. Yeah, that's fair. Especially at the end of games, yeah, they, the end, they do look young. Yeah. I mean, I just, they, they, I think, and again, I don't know if it's the pressure, if it's the expectation, but you know, when, when tech fought back and started to get into their stuff uh, and scoring fairly easily it almost looked like it put so much pressure on duke that and i don't think they're selfish at all i just think mm-hmm. that guys wanted to make plays mm-hmm. i mean uh i think first I, I think i think the first weekend of the tournament uh, in the west is going to be fascinating mm-hmm.